Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, Path to Freedom listeners, and thank you so much for dropping in to another episode. If you caught my episode last week, it was kind of a state of the union of where I'm at in, in you know, Path to Freedom, the podcast, and, and everything else that I have going on. Um, and if you did listen to that episode, you heard me say that starting next week, which is now this week, uh, we'd be back to kind of a normal routine of uh, publishing interview episodes. And that absolutely was the plan. But due to some scheduling conflicts this week, had to push a couple of interviews out. I was attending a conference last week. So anyways, you're stuck with me this week for another solo episode. But I promise two things. One, I'm going to try to keep this fairly short. And number two, uh, you will get some good value and some good insight, and it's not coming necessarily just from me. So there's that. And then again, I promise next week we will be back to a normal schedule of uh, interview episodes. So I've got a couple already teed up. And again, a lot of great guests lined up to, to do interviews with coming soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, got a couple of what I would consider pretty big names um, lined up to come on the show as well, which is exciting uh, for me, at least. And, and again, all folks that I think you'll get a ton of value with uh, value from. So anyways, what I want to kind of touch on today, I mentioned I was at a conference last week. So this is a conference I attend twice a year. Uh, it's a conference put on by the consulting network that I'm a part of, FranChoice. And we meet twice a year. It's a group of, you know, franchise experts. Most of us as consultants either own franchise businesses ourselves, like my wife and I do, uh, or have owned franchises in the past and have had successful exits from those businesses. And many of us have also worked on the franchisor side of things at one point in our career as well. And we have relationships with many of the top brands across almost any industry you can imagine within franchising. So these brands come out, we get the opportunity to, you know, meet with their founders, meet with their leadership teams, you know, for brands that we've worked with for a while, it's just a really good chance for us to uh, get updates on, you know, what's new, what's exciting, what's coming down the pipe. And then we also get to, you know, meet with brands that maybe we haven't been working with as long and just really get to understand their, their businesses better, you know, who they're looking for in their franchise owners, how they support their franchise owners. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, you've heard me say this many times uh, when we talk about franchising, but it's a partnership, right? The relationship between franchisor and franchisee, it's, it's a partnership, uh, more than anything else. And just like in any partnership you can imagine, whether it's a business partnership or, you know, a relationship, uh, it really comes down to the people 
right? That you're doing business with or that you're partnering with. And so for me and my role as a franchise consultant, it's very, very important that I spend a lot of time not only learning about the, the businesses and the franchise brands that I work with, but really getting to know the people behind the brands and, you know, the leadership most importantly, right? Because they're the one kind of steering the ship. They're the ones that are ultimately in a position to make sure that their franchise owners are getting the support that they need and that the framework is there for them to be successful as franchise owners. So this time is really, really valuable. I always look forward to these conferences and, you know, it's what really puts me in a position to add value to the people that I'm working with. Um, so that as I get to know them and understand, you know, a little bit more about them and understand what their goals are and how owning the right type of franchise could potentially fit into those goals and help them achieve what they're looking to do in their life, I'm able to make intelligent recommendations and save people a lot of time and get them connected directly, you know, with brands that really meet the criteria they're looking for and have a high, high likelihood of being a good fit for them. So, Anyways, I was at this conference last week. We were all in Texas and, you know, man, I'm always excited coming out of these conferences. I've, I've done a few of these podcasts before kind of recapping, you know, what I learned, what I'm excited about. Um, and I probably say this every time, but I, I genuinely mean it. I'm so excited for 2023 and going forward. We have relationships with some absolutely amazing franchisors. And, you know, the most refreshing thing to me coming out of the conference last week is how optimistic and how excited these brands are going into 2023. Even though, you know, if you're watching the news or reading, you're hearing all types of things about recessions and economic downturns and, and all of that. So I, I imagine many people, you know, who may have even been considering business ownership would kind of step back and say, well, you know, why in the world would, would I want to consider starting a business in, in this type of an environment? And that can certainly make sense, especially for some types of businesses. Uh, the other thing, you know, that I would remind people of is there's never the perfect time to start a business. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, if you've never had a kid before, that there's never the perfect time to have a kid, right? You're never going to feel 100% prepared, you know, to have a kid for the first time. And you're not going to know everything you need to know until you're in it, until you are actually raising a kid. And, and so business ownership is the same, whether we're talking about a franchise or a non-franchise business. But, you know, there's actually, which which may be counterintuitive to, to a lot of people, there can actually be some very distinct advantages to getting into the right type of business or the right type of franchise in a slower economy, you know, or a recession or whatever the case is. Right. So a lot of the brands that I work with are truly in a very good position, you know, with with the way the economy sits today and, and you know, what's expected to happen in the economy over the course of the next, you know, six plus months. <clears throat> and so for those that are in a position where they've been considering business ownership or they're looking to make some sort of a transition or they're they're really just looking to take advantage of you know a slower economy when so many people are going to kind of freeze and and just wait and try to hold it out you know these are the times where really ambitious people that are looking for opportunity can capitalize and and really level up in a big way 
I've talked about this before. I've shared some examples from, from my wife and I, and, you know, not just related to franchise ownership, but, you know, other investments and, and acquiring real estate and things where, you know, we were in a position where we were willing to, you know, take calculated risk in times where the vast, vast majority of people were, were just kind of waiting, you know, and, and trying to ride out the, the quote unquote storm. So, Again, a lot of the brands that I work with are really, really well poised to allow their franchise owners, whether they're existing owners that have already been in business for a while or new owners that are, are getting into business over the course of this year, they're in a fantastic position for those owners to get off to a really good start. So I'm gonna just going to talk a little bit about you know what are some of the reasons why getting into the right type of franchise in the economic circumstances we find ourselves in today um, could make a lot of sense and actually give the franchise owners some advantages. I'll give some examples of, you know, some specific industries that I'm bullish on right now, um, but also where there's a really strong track record of these types of businesses faring very well during slower economies or even a recession. But to, to tee all of that up, I want to kind of kick this off with a quote that I found and, and thought was pretty relevant. So the quote is from Reed Hoffman, who's one of the co-founders of LinkedIn. And uh, in the quote, he says, one thing I learned in 97, when I thought the right time to found a company was during a swing up, is that it's much better to start during an economic downturn. Partnerships are easier. Hiring is easier. The competition starts later. Right. So again, I think that's applicable, but I'll I'll expand on that and give some context, you know, as it pertains to to franchise businesses in particularly. But, you know, I I think this quote hits the nail on the head in terms of there there can be many advantages to starting a business in in a slow economy. Um and there's many industries that that have proven time and time again to to be not only recession resistant, but in some cases actually do better in a recession. And again, I'll give some examples on that here in just a moment. But, um, you know, one of the big things is just so many people, whether it's existing businesses that could be competition to your business or, you know, other individuals that, you know, maybe were on the verge of getting into a, a particular business. Now they're just frozen, right? So that's, one just kind of immediate opportunity is if you're willing to take calculated risk and to bet on yourself, you're going to be able to leapfrog, you know, some other people that may have been considering the same thing, but also existing businesses that are already in the industry that you're looking to break into. Um, services, you know, can, can become more affordable, right? And, and Reed Hoffman's quote, he mentioned hiring is easier, right? If we really do go into a recession as, as many people, you know, some people are arguing that we're already in a recession. Others are saying it's coming, you know, so whatever you believe on the topic, I mean, assuming the economy continues to slow, you know, over the course of this year, Unfortunately, there will be layoffs, right? So there will be a larger and larger pool of qualified people to hire for, whatever the business is, right? And, and hiring, finding and keeping good people is the single biggest challenge that any business owner will ever have. I don't care what type of business we're talking about. It's always the biggest challenge. So 
you know, the 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 labor pool is going to be deeper in a slower economy, right? There also won't be as much competition in terms of, you know, the wages that that people are expecting, right? So you may be able to f- afford to hire really good talent at a lower cost than it, it would be in a really booming economy. Um, cost of goods, you know, in some cases can be cheaper. Things like marketing and advertising services, uh, you know, can be less expensive. Any of these existing companies out there, whether they're providing products or services, they're really, really focused on maintaining revenue, right? And again, depending on the industry they're in, they may be in a good position to really grow their business, even in a slow economy. But there are a lot of businesses where, you know, their focus as we sit here today is, hey, what do we need to do to maintain, right? And in some cases that, you know, may mean reducing costs. So there's opportunity with that. And, you know, when I work with people, regardless of what type of economy, you know, we're in at the time, there's a lot of strategy that goes into, you know, even selecting what types of franchises could make sense for for them to look at, right? What types of industries, you know, could be a good fit. But I think especially in a slower economy, you know, if we get really, really strategic and are looking at the right types of businesses, this is where we're going to find these opportunities. And this is where, you know, people can find themselves in a position to get something started when most people are not making moves and and really get off to a quick start. So, you know, one of the other many advantages of owning the right type of franchise um, in a slow economy is that so many franchises are are in a specific industry due to the fact that the industry is highly fragmented, right? And the vast majority of their competition is made up of smaller independent companies that don't have nearly the resources that the franchisor brings to the table and, and typically don't tend to operate with the same level of sophistication that a national franchise brand is able to to operate with and and allow their franchisees to leverage so that's good in any scenario right good economy bad economy you know getting into the right type of franchise that's operating in a highly fragmented industry where you're always going to have competition right but if the competition is is largely smaller independent companies that's going to give you as a franchisee a huge edge Assuming you're with a really strong franchise company that knows how to leverage the size of their system, knows how to leverage the buying power, and you know is putting their franchisees in a position to really operate their business in a more sophisticated manner. And the beautiful thing about that, again, whether we're talking good economy or bad economy, is that in these types of franchises, the franchise owners should never have to compete based on price or based on price alone, because they are in a position to add value above and beyond what the vast majority of their competition would be. But when we're talking about these types of industries, these highly fragmented industries in a slow economy or especially in a recession, well, that's even more opportunity, again, if you're a franchise owner in a strong system, because unfortunately, a lot of times we do see these smaller independent companies really, really struggle and stall during a slow economy, or in some cases, even worse, you know, go out of business. But that means there's more market share. There's more customers that can be acquired. 
uh, at a lower cost for the businesses that are in a position to really kind of step on the gas and, and keep growing. So that's a huge advantage. And again, I'm going to give you some examples of what I view as, you know, these industries that are, you know, ripe at this point in time to break into, um, you know, and you could see some real advantages due to a slower or recessionary economy. Um, and, and, you know, while I'm on that note, another, another kind of thought that, that comes with that is, you know, because look, in a recession, you know, obviously there will be layoffs. Unemployment will likely increase. Um, and depending on what it is the business is selling, what type of product or what type of service and the price point, like absolutely, you know, especially if we continue to see inflation going the way it is, there will be people that may have at one point in time been able to afford or justify paying for a specific product or service. And now because of the economic circumstances, they're no longer in a position to do that. that that'll be the case across you know just about any industry or, or at least any industry I could think of. Um, but with a good franchise system, one of the distinct benefits that the franchise owners get is that the franchisor has a very, very thorough understanding of who their target demographic is and how to get in front of those people, right? So franchise owners, again, I preface everything when I'm talking about franchises with in a good franchise system, because you've heard me say time and time again, not all franchises are created equally. And there are plenty of franchise systems out there, unfortunately, that do not add the value to their franchisees that, that they should. But in the good franchises where they understand how they can best add value to their franchisees, when we're talking marketing and customer acquisition, they know exactly who their client is, who's willing to pay for their products and services, and they know how to get in front of them, right? And that applies to a slow economy or recession as well. You know, the, the pool of customers may decrease, you know, by a little bit, but a really good understanding of this and a really strategic marketing and advertising strategy is going to hugely benefit franchise owners. And again, most of your competition, if it's smaller independent companies, are not going to have the budget you know, to really step on the gas from a, a marketing and advertising standpoint, or they're just not going to have the, the level of sophistication to really understand you know, who's our client, who's out there that's still willing to pay for our products and services, and, and how can we best get in front of them? So um, on that note, here to give this some color and some context, here are some specific industries that, you know, personally, I'm excited and, and bullish about and, you know, have a long track record of faring well, if not even faring better during an economic downturn, right? So the first is, is the type of businesses that my wife and I own. If you've listened to the show, you know that we own a custom shelving, custom closet franchise, and we own an insulation franchise, right? So both of those businesses fall into what I consider the home services, home improvement category, right? You can look back decades and see that these types of businesses, and in particularly these types of franchise businesses with a strong franchisor do very well during economic downturns. In some cases, you know, they're even in a good position to grow, you know, and one of the things that you know, is playing into to everything going on in the economy today is the interest rates going up, right, to combat inflation. And I think that particularly bodes very well 
for businesses in this home service and home improvement sector because as the interest rates go up, you know, we're not seeing what we saw, you know, back in the early parts of 2022 and and 2021 when the housing market was just insane, right? People were throwing houses on the market and they were, you know, going into bidding wars with within 24 hours of the house being on the market and they weren't having to put any work into the house before they sold it and I mean it was just nuts, right? Well, that's obviously slowed way down. Higher interest rates certainly has something to do with that and so what you're going to see is a, less people looking to sell their house and, and buy something else. Um, so they're going to be more focused and more willing on making investments into their current home, you know, thinking that, hey, we are we need to get comfortable here for at least another couple of years in all likelihood. So that bodes very well for home improvement and home service businesses. Um, and, you know, if someone is still motivated to sell their house, whether they're building a new house or, uh, you know, just looking to upgrade or move to a different market or whatever the case is, you know, you got a lot of people downsizing right now, right? As, as people get older and, uh, you know, their life changes, they don't have kids in the home, whatever the case is, you got a lot of people looking to downsize as well. So for those that are looking to sell their house, it's even more important that they make smart investments into their home before putting it on the market, right? The other thing these home service, home improvement businesses tend, you know, to have going for them is they tend to be very low overhead. And a lot of them are really designed to be very agile in terms of, you know, you don't have a lot of overhead, you don't have a lot of fixed expenses. And because of that, you know, they can really kind of ebb and flow depending on what's going on the on with the economy. They can be much more elastic than than a lot of other businesses that are out there. So we've got home improvement, home services. Uh, the second one is childhood education and enrichment, right? So when we talk about childhood enrichment, don't just think education. Sure, there's some great franchise companies out there that specialize in educating children in one form or fashion. I work with some amazing brands in that category, but there's also a lot of really good franchise businesses that are focused more on the enrichment side, whether that's athletics or music or, you know, something kind of outside of the quote unquote classroom. Um, why do these businesses tend to do well during a recession? Well, we're talking about our kids here, right? And if you're, already making investments in your your children's education or you know some sort of enrichment for them obviously you know an economic downturn could make it more difficult to keep making those same investments or to keep making you know the same level of investments as your children but the vast majority of parents out there there's a lot of other things they're going to cut out before you know they start pulling money out of investing in their kids Right. Um, so that's really the the primary reason. Right. The other the other reason I'm really bullish on these types of um, franchises right now doesn't have so much to do with the economy, but it has a lot more to do with covid. And, you know, the fact that so many kids were essentially at home getting their education and a lot of parents were you know working full time and trying to juggle, you know, making sure their kids were uh, getting what they needed from an education standpoint. Um, but also juggling all of their other responsibilities. And so a lot of kids, unfortunately, fell behind, you know, and, and, you know, now as they're back in school, like normal, they're 
they're not quite up to speed. And so you're seeing a lot more parents uh, invest in, you know, whether it's additional tutoring or, um, you know, even in some cases saying, hey, I really don't have a ton of confidence in the public school systems anymore. So I'm willing to make the investment to send, you know, my kid to, you know, whether it's a private school or, you know, some sort of a daycare or preschool or Montessori, like you're, you're seeing a big increase in, um, you know, parents being willing to, to spend that money on their kids. Right. And if you're a parent, if you have kids, uh, you know what I'm talking about. So there's that. And then there's the pet industry. You know, just just like kids, for a lot of people, their pets come before themselves, right? They're willing to spend almost anything on their pets. And I heard a lot of statistics when I was at this conference last week because we work with some really amazing brands in the pet care industry. And I don't have the the specific statistics in front of me, but as a result of COVID, dog ownership across the United States absolutely exploded, Right. If, if dog was man's best friend before COVID, uh, I mean, I don't know what you would consider it now because, I mean, it, it's something like almost tripled, I want to say, you know, over COVID. So many people went out and got dogs. And, you know, if you look around just, you know, culturally, dogs are becoming more and more prevalent when you're out and about, right? You've got more workspaces that are allowing people to bring their dogs with them. I mean, I was in the airport flying to and from this conference last week and there were freaking dogs everywhere. Like, you know, they need to put a, a dog park in ATL because so many people are now traveling with their dogs. Um, so there's a lot of really cool uh, franchises that I have relationships that are in the pet care industry. And that's everything from, you know, more traditional brick and mortar, you know, grooming and pet supply stores to, you know, mobile grooming. There's some really cool mobile concepts that, uh, require less capital and and are are lower overhead in nature. Um, you know, a dog training concept, right? Um, I even work with some some brands, believe it or not, that all they do is go around and pick up dog poop, pet waste removal, right? Uh, that can be a really good business, as crazy as that sounds. So, uh, don't sleep on the pet industry. Uh, huge, huge opportunity. And, and in my opinion, far less likely to be impacted by a slower economy. Um, here's one that may be counterintuitive. Actually, before I go there, I'll, I'll, I'll mention another one that's probably not going to surprise as many people. And that's, you know, senior care and, and the healthcare industry, right? Um, you know, any of these kind of needs-based businesses versus, you know, more of a wanter or a luxury, you know, they, they typically, uh, kind of just keep plugging right along, if not, you know, see growth during an, an economic slow time. And so, you know, senior care um, and and other types of healthcare uh, businesses. Again, I work with some really amazing franchise brands in in each of those categories. Um, and I, I do think, as a result of COVID, more and more people, um, you know, not necessarily on the senior care side, but more and more people are proactively trying to invest in themselves and. Uh, their their health and well being, right? And so there's a lot of really amazing franchise concepts out there that that do just that for their clients. And again, not everyone's going to be able to keep spending the same type of money that they may have been a year ago on, you know, self care and health care. But plenty of people still can. And again, that's going to be 
you know, much lower on the list of things that that they're willing to cut out when, you know, if they do have to start making some budget cuts. So going hand in hand with that is the fitness uh, and health and wellness category. This is one that I do think will surprise some people, right? Because when it comes to fitness and franchising and the types of brands I work with, you know, we're mostly talking about what I call boutique fitness, right? So I don't want you to think Planet Fitness, Anytime Fitness, you know, these kind of big box gyms. Um, think more small footprint, specialized, you know, focus, something like yoga or Pilates or cycling or boxing uh, and their membership group class type models. And, you know, when I talk about these types of brands, the people, the, one of the first reactions I tend to get is, well, Wes, isn't that very saturated? Well, it may seem that way, but if, if you really drill in and, and look at it, it's really not that saturated. And, and this is a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier when it comes to, you know, good franchise brands operating in highly fragmented industries. Um, the vast majority of, of boutique fitness businesses out there are independents, right? And then there's some really, really big players uh, in the franchise space. And they're usually in a position to pretty quickly take market share from local competitors when they open up a new franchise. And they're very well positioned to keep their foot on the gas during a slow economy. Uh, to help their franchisees uh, not only weather that, but but hopefully thrive through it as well. And and this is an industry where you do see a lot of volatility with the independents. And you know whether it was COVID and the pandemic, or you know now just a, a recessionary type period. Unfortunately, a lot of those independent companies will you know either either shrink and kind of just hold, or you know they may go away altogether. And and again, everything I said earlier around people's willingness to invest in themselves and get more proactive about taking care of themselves, you know, that's really increased over the last couple of years. And some people will have to cut it out, right? Some people may not be able to afford, you know, the membership to their cycling studio, right? But a lot of people will be able to, and that's going to be one of the last things they cut out and, and they're going to have to be in pretty dire circumstances uh, for it to get to that point. So I hope this is, is helpful and somewhat insightful. Um, as I said earlier, right, there's never a perfect time to start a business. Okay. And, and I know a lot of people out there that are watching what's going on in the world and the economy right now would, would, tend to think this is a terrible time to start a business. But if you're looking at the right types of businesses, if you're being strategic, if you're taking the right approach, I believe this is a fantastic time to get into the right type of business. All right. And that's what I specialize in, right? I don't just throw, you know, a couple of hot franchise brands in front of people that I work with and hope something sticks. I really dig in with the people that I work with. I spend a lot of time getting to know them and we get very, very strategic over the next couple of weeks and months. I'm going to have some amazing franchise owners come on the podcast. And these are people that I worked with through my process and, and I helped them navigate this, this process of finding the right franchise business for them. And um, you know, there's, they will be able to share some examples of how strategic we're able to get. And, you know, as I've outlined here in, in this 
short podcast episode today. Uh, if you're thinking strategically, if you're willing to take calculated risk in a time where the vast majority of other people and other businesses are just holding tight and, and trying to, to weather the storm, there's massive, massive opportunity to level up. So with that, I'm going to uh, wrap this up. We'll be back next week, I promise, with interview episodes, so stay tuned. In fact, my episode next week is going to be from one of the funding partners I work with, and she's going to share a lot about um, funding opportunities in the current climate and how people are getting the capital they need to invest in franchise businesses. So that'll be a ton of good information. Don't miss it. Go have an amazing week. Go drop in and chase excellence. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.